0: What a beautiful, beautiful um, season this is that we live in. Uh, I I love Christmas, as uh, I think you all are probably catching on to. uh, But it is just absolutely amazing to me, Uh, all that we hear and all that we see. I was standing there listening to the songs. Um, I I was just—I'm immersed in uh, all that God did to bring about uh, this. This birth of a savior, uh, Emmanuel, God with us. And what I want to do today, and this, goodness, I don't know. Uh, It may go very, very quickly today. I don't know. Um, Because really, it's simple. It's a simple concept. But as simple as the concept is, it changes everything for mankind, and when I say that, I pray that you hear it for what it is. Mankind, meaning you and me. You and me, this simple four-letter word, love. There's so many different ways we can talk about love. Lisa, let me get some ice cream. Yesterday. And can I tell you, I love Bunny Tracks. Bunny Tracks ice cream is very good. I love it. But that's a different kind of love. I love my bride. That's a different kind of love. This, this love changed everything I am not going to apologize I have to go back and read it again 1 John 4 9 through 11 in this the love of God was manifested toward us that God has sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him and this is love Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent us his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Pray with me, will you? Heavenly Father, God, I love you. And I thank you. For the opportunity to stand here today and to be in this room, in this sanctuary with brothers and sisters in Christ and those who are here maybe looking and seeking and uh, wanting to know the answers to, uh, to the struggles that life brings. And maybe they need to find hope and salvation, but they need to find it in this love that we just read about, that love, not that we love you with, oh no, that love that you loved us with, because that love, that love is the perfect love, the love that loves with no pretense, the love that is completely and utterly unconditional, that love that says, I love you in spite of anything about you. I love you so much that I will give you my most precious gift, my son. Father, I pray, Lord, that you would speak today. Lord, that lives would be touched, lives would be changed. Lord, that we would be encouraged. Lord, that we would go to your honor to your glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, I hope you picked up uh, the the note sheet, and I hope that uh, you're with me here, because this is one of those steps that I don't want to go past. I didn't want to run past. I, I, when, when people read scripture, so very often we, we, we begin reading it, and we read it, and we get to a point, and we say, you know what? I didn't understand that, but I'm just going to skip it because I think I know pretty much what it means. Well... I didn't want that to happen today because that word is a word that we just don't use very often. Propitiation. How many of you have propitiated this morning? I have no idea. What is propitiation? I need to know what this is. Well, I've given you a great definition. To propitiate means to satisfy the wrath of God against sin, to turn away God's wrath, or to offer a sacrifice that appeases God's just judgment and righteous anger against us and our sin. Note, Jesus is not simply the propitiator But he is the propitiation. He is the only one who can satisfy the wrath of God. He is, when we go back there to to that famous verse that we've seen, I, I can't seem to let go of recently. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. The only way back to the Father. When he gets to that point, he says, the only way back to the Father... This is what he's pointing to. He is the only way. He is the only propitiation available for mankind to be absolved of, to be forgiven of, to be washed of our sin. Isn't that gorgeous? He is the propitiation, not just the propitiator. He is everything we need. He is what satisfies the justice of God. You all know John three sixteen. I think most of you have probably memorized it. And I remember memorizing it in Sunday school as a little boy for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Say, preacher, you keep talking about the same things over and over ad nauseum, and it will not stop. I love you, but some things we have to stick with. You know, (laughs) he is that precious gift. Let me read one more one more over here in Romans chapter five. Uh, let's, Let's begin reading with verse 15. It says, but the free gift is not like the offense. For if by one man's offense man died, many died, much more the grace of God and the gift by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, abounded to many. And the gift is not like that which came through the one who sinned. For the judgment which came from the offense resulted in condemnation. But the free gift which came from many offenses resulted in justification. For if by one man's offense death reigned through the one, much more those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. Therefore, as through one man's offense, judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation, even so, through one man's righteous act, the free gift came to all men, resulting in justification of life. Wow. (laughs) You can give without loving, but you cannot love without giving. Love has to give you know you might want to write that down you might want to uh, go put that on every christmas card you send out this season i think that just blew me away that whole sentence you can give without loving but you cannot love without giving love has to give there must be (laughs) that that underlying motivator I cannot love without giving. Christmas is about love. God's great eternal love for us. God showed us what it means to give. Christmas certainly is a lot about things, a lot about a lot of things. Let me run through this, and I I hope that I'm not running quickly just to run, I, but I, I want to get it all in. Most people will tell you that Christmas is about giving. And I guess that's partially true. Christmas is about giving. Um, how many of you are giving others something this Christmas? How many of you hope somebody else is giving this Christmas? <laughs> yeah, you get my point. Uh, no. you you bunch of holy people said, I'm not going to raise my hand because I don't want to be one that wants something. Christmas, we, we, we center a lot of our thought processes on the giving and the receiving of gifts. That's Christmas has become so commercialized and is pushed so hard that almost everything that we do is focused on that giving and receiving of gifts. And that's not a horrible thing. That's not my point this morning, but as As you know, and as I know, by the fact that you are here, you're listening to this, you know that Christmas means a whole lot more. But what I want to do is I want to focus on what is Christmas. Many say it's about giving, and that is partially true. Giving is the visible act of what Christmas is all about. Did you hear that? It's the visible act of what Christmas is all about. So my question to you, (laughs) do you know, do you really know first John four, nine and 10 in this, the love of God was manifested towards us that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. And this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation of our sins. I think it's fascinating to see that this this scripture focuses on exactly what we're talking about this morning, and that is that God loved us. This isn't about us loving him. This is about his love for us, his love for us. I love him. I love him with all that I am. I try. Wait, did I just say that? Did you hear me? Were you listening? I love him with all that I am. Well, I try. Because the honest to goodness truth is I don't love him with all that I am. You don't love him with all that you are. We're called to that's the that's the call on our lives as believers in Jesus Christ as his children, as his as as his warriors, as his as as his Called we are called to holiness. We are called to become like him. We are called to be set aside and to love him with all that we are. Well, I try. I think there might be a problem with my phraseology. You all aren't crying yet. Listen to me. I try. Over therein is my problem. If I'm trying to love him with all that I am, there's a problem. I'm trying means I'm doing it in and of myself and of my own strength and of my own power. When, in fact, what I am called to be is subservient to him and to his Holy Spirit and allow him to work in me, to cleanse me and to purify me and for him to bring about holiness in me. All of a sudden, it all goes back to what? His love for me. Oh, listen to it. He, he loved us. He loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Oh, how blessed he is. (laughs) This time of year you're going to hear this phrase a whole lot. Jesus is the reason for the season. You might even have a bumper sticker or you might even have a a bookmark or you you might even own a book that's Titled Jesus is the reason for the season. They're out there. Yeah. Well, I think it's true. Jesus is the reason for the season. But why did God give Jesus? L-O-V-E. Love. He gave Jesus because of his deep abiding love for us. I'm not talking about the ooey gooey human emotion based on physical attraction kind of love. We're talking about the supernatural love of God, a love that we cannot even fathom or comprehend. We can define it. We can write it down. We can talk about it. We can talk about this unconditional love all day long, but we really can't comprehend or understand what it means to be unconditional. I'm going to love you no matter what you do. It's unconditional. How many of you love that way? Uh, There's a big difference between trying and doing it. I love you as long as you do everything that I think you should do. Everything I want you to do. It's just a reality of life. We are human beings and we struggle with this. Now, I'm not saying that we don't, we don't put ourselves out there and do our very best to love without condition. I'm not saying that we don't try. I'm saying that we as human beings in the flesh, we can't comprehend the kind of love that God gave in his son to you and I, because without that, we, oh, my dear friends, we are wanting, we are in great needs of help without him. We're talking about love that looks past the physical imperfections, a love that looks past your faults, your flaws, your failures, and your sins, a love that looks beyond all the bad and says, I'm going to love them no matter what. I'm going to love them because I love them. I don't know about you, but it humbles me. Just the thought, just the contemplation about what he has done for you and I. He's going to love us no matter what. (laughs) Love. Christmas. is also about Jesus' love for us. His love motivated him to give his life. From the time Jesus was born, he had one main purpose in life, to die for us. Matthew. Twenty-six, fifty-one 51 through 53 says, and suddenly one of those who were with Jesus stretched out his hand and drew his sword, struck the servant of the high priest and cut off his ear. But Jesus said to him, put your sword in its place for all who take the sword will perish by the sword. Or do you think that I cannot now pray to my father and he will provide me with more than 12 legions of angels. Wow. Jesus had a choice till the very end. God left that decision up to him. God had to. Jesus had to be a willing sacrifice. Did you hear me? Jesus had to be the willing sacrifice. I can't help but stop and Walk away from the pulpit and think on this with you for just a moment. You remember back there in John 1 1 in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God? Nothing was made that was made that was quote it for me. <laughs> I got that far. Come on, Chris. <laughs> I'm just playing, Chris. <laughs> I I want to say it right, because this is important. John, I'm there. I'm there. Okay. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Listen. He was in the beginning with God. All things that were made through him, and without him, nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Here's the important part that I want you to hear. It's all important. But it said, all things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. Everything, 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 everything Everything that was made, everything. But that's not what that verse is really pointing to. I want you to understand what that verse is really, really pointing to. He's saying that everything that was made, he was a part of it. Jesus was a part of it. Jesus was doing the Father's bidding during the creation. And he created all. And he created you and me. Does that feel good? He don't make no junk. You're precious in his eyes. You're precious to him. You're amazing. You are wonderful, wonderfully made, wonderfully wrought. He loves you. He loves you so much that he knows that even though he made something pretty amazing, which is you, that you were broken and that you would be broken and that you would sin and that you would run from him and that you would need a Savior. You would need, let me put it this way, you would need a Redeemer. You would need one who would come and redeem that which He made. That's how much He loves you. (laughs) While you were yet in your mother's womb, He knew you. He knows you today. And even more importantly than all of that, He knew you when He was hanging on that cross. He made the choice to willingly give it all for you. The Father gave Him the choice. He chose you over the shame, the pain. The father turning his back on him, paying the ultimate price for you, all because we light this candle for love. No, it's not just a love. We light this candle for ultimate love because he bled and died for you to redeem his precious creation, you. How does that feel? I don't know about you, but I really don't care what's under the tree. I don't know about you, but I really don't care about the giving and the receiving of the minutia in our world today. Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain. His blood has washed it white as snow. Jesus could have changed his mind anytime. Why didn't he? Love compelled him to the cross. Why are we talking about the cross at Christmas? Oh, because without Christmas there would have been no cross. I do. I want to leave you with something this morning. And this is so precious and important. Sounds like I'm quitting. <laughs> no. No, not quitting, I promise. Um, I do. I want to leave you with something. It actually, it's actually a gift from me to you. It's an enduring gift that lasts forever. Listen, listen intently to what the gift of Advent is today. What was the joy set before him? Hebrews 12, 2. What would cause him to look at all he had to suffer and then say, it's worth every second of it. Redemption. Jesus saw what his suffering would buy. His suffering would buy you and I. What does it mean that it would purchase us? It would purchase our salvation. It would wash us white as snow, but it would purchase us in that we would be adopted. Can I tell you something fun about adoption? Israel. It's a ancient rule of law for Israelites. I've, I'm just going to use my son. I've got a son. His name is Samuel. Samuel is my little boy. He's about 6'2", probably around 230 pounds. Big guy. And um, I love him dearly. Uh, he's 30, 31, 31 years old. I think we had him when I was like four, <laughs> I'm not sure, but I want you to imagine Lisa and I, we have this boy and let's just say, uh, let's pick a number out of the air. He's seven years old at this point. And Lisa and I are wanting another child. So we go and we adopt another child, another boy, another boy. Let's name him, um, Stephen, just for fun. I don't know why, why not Steven? You good with that? I I have to, I mean, we're having a baby for goodness sakes. I got to check with her. So we adopt this seven year old boy, same age as Samuel, Samuel, Stephen, seven years old. He becomes ours. He is now Stephen Flynn. So they go ahead and they grow up and they get into their teen years and they're both horrible kids, horrible kids. They are doing horrible things. They get into drugs. They get into uh, all kinds of horrible things. They actually uh, participate together and murder somebody. And it's a horrible, horrible event. And it's just, Lisa and I are torn. We don't know what to do. We sit our boys down. We say, what is wrong with you? Please come back to Jesus. Please come back to serving him. Please do the things that we've raised you to do. And they both uh, completely couldn't care less about the two of us. So we go and Lisa and I pray about it. We talk about it and we say, you know what? We can't be a part of this anymore. So we go before a judge and we say, judge, these two boys, you know, look at their record. They're horrible kids. We want to disown them. We we want nothing to do with them. So, we want them out of our lives. We we just they're not doing what they've been taught. And the judge looks at us and says, "You know what? I would have to agree with you. So, your son Samuel is no longer your son. He's been put away. He said, "But as far as Stephen is concerned, he is yours forever." Sorry. I can't help you. See, Israelite law says that if you adopt, you can never disown that child because it was your choice. Samuel, he had no choice with that one. Thank goodness he's a good boy. (laughs) A horrible thing for parents to disown a child first, but, but think about that with me for just a second. Jesus, when he died on the cross for you and me, when He paid that ultimate price, He saved us. We were adopted into God's family. We're adopted into the family. And God says that He will never, ever leave us or forsake us. What a, what a price that was paid. What a gift that was given. John 14, 27, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. You'll hear that again on week four of Advent, Uh, obviously speaks of peace, but oh my goodness, what joy was set before him, it was worth every second of it for him. Our redemption. Christmas is also about our loving and giving to others, not just family and friends. 1 John 4, 7, and 8 said, Beloved, let us love one another, for the love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. I think that sums it up pretty well, don't you? I don't know how you can spell it any better. I don't know how you can say it. And, and, and make it any more plain. <laughs> we are to love because love is of God. God started loving way back before the earth was ever made. 1 Peter 1. But with the precious blood of Christ, as a lamb without blemish, without spot, he indeed was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. The Bible says that Jesus was a lamb slain before the foundation of the world. God looked into the future and saw that mankind would fall. Mankind would need a savior. And he made man anyway. That's love. (laughs) That is love. I want you to do me a favor this morning. And this is going to put you out of your comfort zone. You're not going to like this. Your, your spirit's going to reject me. It's called counterintuitive living. I love that word, counterintuitive. Makes me sound like a professor or something. Counterintuitive. I want you to turn. You might not even know the person that's sitting next to you or near you. But I want you to turn to somebody and just say this. I love you. Go ahead. It's just three words, people. (laughs) Every time I do that, that's what happens. It just goes on. Listen to me. How did that feel to hear somebody say, I love you? I love you. does that feel good? Nobody said it to me. You just did. Thank you very much for that. I love you. Those words are three very simple words. I love you. So easy. So easy to say. It gets a little bit more difficult when I say, okay, everybody keep playing my game. I'm sorry, you're going to have to keep up with me. I apologize. I'm going to sit next to Chris. Now I want you to put that love into action. Whoever you just said I love you to, now I want you to reach into your wallet and get out the money that's there and hand it to the person next to you. <laughs> that went the wrong way. <laughs> that went the wrong way. <laughs> Do you see the difference? I love you. It's easy to say. I love you. Oh. <laughs> You're not allowed to make me cry on a day like today. (laughs) To put it into action means that all of a sudden I've got what we call skin in the game. That's harder. I love you to the point where I actually sacrifice my time, my money. My name, it changes everything. Matter of fact, it starts looking like what Jesus did for us. And that's what we're called to. We are called to love one another. Let me end with this Christmas is not about trees, that's a tradition. Christmas isn't about brightly wrapped packages, although I think they're great. Christmas isn't about Santa Claus. He's only a legend. Christmas is about love. A God who so loved that he gave his only son to save man. Jesus, the sinless son of God, born in Bethlehem, who so loved that he gave his life as a sacrifice for you. Christmas is all about us taking God's example and reaching out to others. Christmas is surely about giving, but most importantly, Christmas is about love. Pray with me, will you? Father, oh God, I do love you. Father, teach me to love more, to love better, to love more deeply, to love more honestly, to love more purely. Father, teach me to love without condition. Teach me to love like you love. Father, I thank you for Advent. I thank you for Christmas. I thank you for your son. I thank you for the fact that he is the propitiation of our sin. Father, without him, we have no hope. Father, I pray for those within the sound of my voice right now, Lord, that if they have never accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior, that they wouldn't leave this place today or they wouldn't let the this, this sun go down today without finding out what it takes for a person to go to heaven. Father, I pray that they would seek me out, seek our elders out, seek Pastor Chris out. Father, that you would help them to find the hope and the help and the ultimate love that you gave us. God, I love you. I praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.